Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mental Health TV. Really pleased to have you with us tonight. Um, we've got a really interesting um, session, I think, today, Mental Health Workforce, and we're talking about learning disability nursing as well. So before I introduce you to our fantastic guest, um, let me come to Vanessa so that she can um, tell you how you can join in tonight with us. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back with MHTV. So um, just a few words from social media. Um, if you're with us every week, then you can tune out for a minute because you'll have heard this so many times now. But if you're, you, if you're new, then welcome. Um, you can join in tonight one of two ways, really. You can either join in on Twitter. So if you just look up the MHTV hashtag on Twitter, that'll take you directly to the, um, to the Twitter thread. And um, we'd love your comments and thoughts um, as we progress with the interview tonight. Um, you can also join in on Facebook Live. So if you like the Unite MHNA Facebook page, then the live stream should just pop up automatically on your Facebook page and you can watch there and you can add comments. And I'll be keeping an eye on, um, on both of those social media channels tonight. Lovely. Brilliant. Thank you. So let's introduce our guest. So Ellie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh gosh, yeah. So my name's Ellie Gordon. I'm the Senior Nurse for Learning Disability and Mental Health in the National Nursing Programme at Health Education England. And how did you come to be that? Now there's a guy, here we go. It's really fascinating. I was, I was chatting to um, a, a group from the Florence Nightingale Foundation last week who were just starting their leadership course. And they kind of said, oh, tell us on your, on your journey. And I said, I must admit, when I remember starting as a student nurse and starting in your career and you, and you look to people and you think, oh, I'd like to be at that level. And you think they must have this really brilliantly well-crafted pathway that took them to where they got to. And I thought the honest answer is, I don't think any of us ever have done. I certainly didn't. Mm. And, I, and I think that the fun bit for me is that I've not followed any linear path. I've literally gone from role to role thinking, oh, that sounds like fun. I'll, I'll do yeah. that. And I, and I think the, the, the main case in point was when I first qualified, which is a while ago now, back when the UKCC was still around, if anybody remembers them. I do. And, and, and preceptorship <laughs> was just being made mandatory. Yeah. So I wanted to work for my local mental health trust because back then what was what you did, wasn't it? You qualify, you go and work on the ward, you cut your teeth, and then you go into the community. And that was what you had to do. Um, but unfortunately, my local mental health trust wasn't employing anybody permanently because they didn't feel comfortable doing the preceptorship. So my, um, I was going to say my local medium secure unit, like everybody's got one in the, <laughs> next door, um, but it was local yeah. to me. We're taking on new staff mm. and I'd never done forensics in my life. I'd not even done a placement there, but I just thought, well, that sounds quite interesting. I'll give that a go. And I think mm. most of my jobs from that point on have been that kind of, that sounds quite fun. I'll, I'll have a go at that. So... I can't honestly say there's some really great <laughs> career pathway, unfortunately. Do you think that um, we do enough to support nurses to take leadership roles or to think about taking them? I, th I think it's really difficult. And, and so most of my experience will be NHS. And I'm, mm. and I'm sure it's very different in, in the private sector and voluntary sector. But yeah. I think what we tend to do is we, we don't tend to necessarily always think in terms of a leadership role. We often think of the next banding up. Or when mm. we had, you know, um, before bandits, but when it, was, it was numbers before, wasn't it? It was kind of what's the next number up that you're going to work towards. And it was almost mm. like you aim for that, but mm. you don't get any coaching or support with, well, that means you've got to develop and grow as a leader. Mm. It was just, well, you're just going to grow into the next band and mm. you're just going to aspire for that. So I don't think we think well enough about 
this leadership opportunities that doesn't necessarily mean you'd go up a band, if that makes sense. We, we don't mm. tend to advertise jobs in that way. We tend to advertise it's this band. This is mm. what you're going to do. Mm. Are you up for it? We don't think the other way, which is probably a better way, which is actually this is the leadership potential for you. This mm. is what will be interesting. And the band's almost incidental. And I know mm. it's, it, people say it's easy for you to say, but when you're trying to pay a mortgage and everything, like, we all are. Mm. Your money's a consideration, but we don't. We don't advertise jobs in that way, if that makes mm. sense. We kind of think of them in terms of banding and job title first, and then everything else comes after that. Mm. I think people have in their head as well what a leader looks like, and often they don't see themselves True. as someone who can take that. Instead of thinking of the traits that you might need to be a leader, they, they yeah. think about what a leader physically looks like. And I think that's been really interesting in terms mm. of how do you break down that kind of stereotype. Because there's a reason why, isn't it, that we have more men in leadership, despite them taking up less in the workforce, or being less in the workforce. True. Mm. And I think, and again, thinking back, God, donkey's years ago, these doors with that discussion, didn't they? Where I think we all really struggled to talk between what's the difference between a manager and a leader. And yeah. I don't think you'd have that discussion now, but I remember for years that went on. People yeah. really struggled to unpick, well, what's the difference? And I think now it's it's great because it's much, much clearer. And, mm. and lots of people now will go, how did you ever get confused about something that's so straightforward? But we did. We spent years yeah. having these conversations about, well, I'm not really sure which is which and how do you split yeah. this out? And, and the, back then it was always about, wasn't it? Um, was it transactional versus transformational leadership? Yeah. And there was just those two leadership styles. And it's when you feel really old. But you think that, that was kind of the knowledge base back then. Mm. Mm. So it is brilliant that it's massively changed and transformed since since mm. that point. And I also think we're getting better at thinking, not thinking, should I say, that to be a leader, you have to be this band. I think there's yeah. also that was really embedded yeah. in us. You, you can't be a leader till you hit that band or that level. Mm. Now, quite rightly, people will be saying, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's not what leadership mm. is about. It doesn't yeah. equal authority necessarily mm. in that kind of banded mm. way. Mm. So I do think... It's really good that that knowledge and evidence base has moved on massively mm. over the years, which then creates much more opportunities for people to progress. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we are a quite a strange profession. Like one day you'll be leading a shift, the next day you'll be taking orders. You know, you might be the clinical lead for a specific area, but yeah. actually not the not the top well, the top banded nurse in your Very area. True. true. Then I think that kind of flexibility maybe is something that we can start to do differently and actually expand that a little bit more. Yeah, so I never thought that, because you're right, because we're not. And I think the other thing is, I think mental health nurses, were different because often we'll go into this field of nursing because we like the fact that we're autonomous. Mm. And, and that must make us a horrendous bunch to manage sometimes because we are autonomous. We do. We are quite, <laughs> you know, we're not quiet, are we? And we're no. very good at saying, I made the decision on knowing what I know. And you think that was a really hard work to manage us because we have that in attitude across the board often, don't yeah. we? And in a really great way. And I think that's one of the things yeah. that makes us brilliant mm. because we do have that courage of our convictions and we do work autonomously mm. but I can imagine as a manager especially if you're mm. not a mental health nurse and you don't get that mindset that must mm. be quite challenging on yeah. occasion yeah I think we have a very specific culture that mm. because we're all immersed in it we don't see it until we move into more multidisciplinary roles and yeah. then you can spot another mental health nurse a mile off if you're interacting <laughs> with them I've always quite liked that about us but I mean <laughs> It's gonna. It makes it interesting and hard, doesn't it, to recruit to? So you've got two big strands to your to your work, and one yeah. of them is sorting out. Um, yeah, 
workforce. Mm. <laughs> what can you tell us about that? So, especially you, we're talking to first-year nurses, maybe they haven't thought that much about the nursing workforce. What are the main issues that are facing at the moment? Gosh, I think I think I think one of the big ones is I mean everybody will know about obviously COVID. It almost goes without saying that that's mm. uh, it's like we've never seen anything like this before. And no. I think in terms of um, I think there's been a number of things that have come out of that is that it's really it's really brought into sharp focus people of, of, of certainly my generation and those around the era how little we were ever taught about physical healthcare and yeah. how our training was really all about mental health pretty much to the exclusion of physical health to a greater extent. I think mm. some of us were lucky if you did Project 2000 in your initial common foundation, you did a bit of physical health. But other than that, yeah. your potential would never encounter being needed to use those skills again. And I think that was a real challenge for, for wards and for mental health nurses to think, actually, now I've got a really physically ill person in my care and in my remit. And that I think that's been a massive a massive challenge. I mean, the future nurse work will help address that, but we're going to have quite a gap in mm. between. And then as the first years come through, they'll probably come through with more and better physical health skills than I ever had, mm. but may well still feel when they come out that they're struggling to feel comfortable with that element of care, if that makes any sense. Or in fact, what they might struggle with is they'll be the ones educating somebody of my era what to do. And that's going to feel a bit odd for everybody. Mm. So I think that as they come out, it's going to be a real fascinating one for them to encounter mm. and, and work through. And I would hope by that time, though, the workforce has changed quite a lot and that need to care for physical health needs will have moved forward. But then I say that knowing that mm. I qualified over 20 years ago and parity for steam was still a massive issue then. And it's not massively different now from what yeah. I've, I've seen. So yeah. I'd, I'd love to say it'll change massively in three years and won't be such an issue, but I, I don't think it will. I think it'll be fascinating and I think it'll be fascinating as well because they'll come out working with nursing associates who will have that really great physical health knowledge mm. so I think they'll come out towards where the dynamics are really changing and where it's mm. really quite interesting well and community environments as people mm. try and find their place and sit where do I fit within the team and how does my role fit so I think they might well come out into teams that are more that are still, form- still forming whereas we would have come out into teams that were very well formed they'd known each other for years everybody knew what everybody else does Mm. I think they're going to come out to teams that are still forming in lots of ways and still finding their feet. And that, mm. and I also think now that we're in a time where, and it, I think Carol was one of the leaders that said this, but I think we're, the transformation of mental health services is happening at a pace like we've never seen. So in, in the mm. midst of all that, services are transforming, the constant restructuring, which mm. constantly creates a lot of flux and a lot of instability in the system. And when you come out as a newly qualified, what you really need is staff who are really skilled and really competent and know what they're about and services that have a bit of stability so you can find your feet within yeah. that and find your space and coming out into such not quite chaos but instability and flux that's going to be hard I mean I'd, mm. I mean obviously I'm biased and I think if anybody can call yeah. mental health nurses can but that's challenging to come out in the midst of all that it's difficult isn't it because when oh when we qualified back in the day. If <laughs> anyone <laughs> can remember that far back. Um, we had um, people who'd been like D grades, so they're band fives, um, who'd been in the post for two or three years and never yeah. not moved. And True. E grades had been there 10, 10 years with no thought to, to progression. Whereas yeah. now I think there's a lot more pressure on students who are coming in as band five. How quickly can you get yourself up there? And that's interesting, isn't it? Because you're learning your craft yes. um, as well as trying to take on board sort of managerial skills. 
as well as working with such a lot of change. Yeah, and that's new. And I, I'm, I'm right, you're right. Because again, I, there was that old fashioned thing of, you know, you, you come out and you cut your teeth for a few years at your band five, and then you might go to mm. band six or you might not. And it's, mm. you're right, it does feel like there's a lot more pressure to, to get out, get your registration, cut your teeth, but then quickly progress. Mm. And mm. how many more skills can you add? And, and I think, I think that's mm. great in many ways. But at the same time, you almost feel like saying, just take a breath and just enjoy it. You know, just just enjoy this period and enjoy consolidating everything that you've learned because you'll never have this again and you'll look back on this as actually quite a a fun and positive time because it's just a chance to kind of go from the student and grow into the nurse you are, if that makes sense. It's it's when you really start to form yourself and get to know your own way of nursing and your own way of caring. It's like, just try and take some time to enjoy that part of the process. Mm. you know you know great if you want to if you're ambitious and you want to do more study that's brilliant but just take some time out to develop yourself because that's an important mm. part as much as anything else I think the idea as well about deciding what it is you actually like because yeah. whilst I mean I don't think it's a complete shock to people because obviously you've been going out every year as a student into practice and working and most people have a second job and so people yeah. are, are immersed in the culture in a different way but I think being immersed and then immersed with a registration where you have that responsibility feels different. This is and different. you learn a lot of things again in that kind of like double loop, things that you're familiar with and you've seen from the outside you're now participating in. Yeah. And I think the physical health care stuff is is key. But I think as well, there's having real pride in your mental health skills, you know, in yeah. your therapeutic skills, in that sense of just efficacy and being able to support people who are vulnerable in that way. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really, really important. And I, I, I worry we haven't, really done enough to support students to be delighted in being a mental health nurse and to be really yeah. proud of it and to be really excited by it and know because when I came in I I there was the only thing I wanted to do I wanted to be like the people I had seen and I was yeah. so desperate to be like you know the best of best of mental health nursing yeah. um I, that's what I would want for students because it's such an exciting time I know what you mean and I think yeah there was that thing of it I think because we had mentors had been around for a long time and who was and I think we were lucky because we had mentors who were still really really passionate about mental mm. health nursing and weren't shattered to be honest mm. and I think there's a lot of people now who are to be fair to them absolutely shattered because of what they've been through but it was that and we had that sense of pride instilled in us as we were doing our training that sense mm. of do you know what it is mm. the most amazing job mm. and it, it is that thing of how do we get that back as a profession how mm. do we get that pride of do you know what? this mm. is something to be so mm. proud of and and mm. just enjoy it yeah and it's one of those it's one of those really intangible things that you want to be able to sit and write it down and go this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'll achieve it Mm. but it's really hard to to work out how to get that passion back but you're right because if if we've got that passion and we get excited Mm. then the students will see that and then they Mm. absorb that and realize you know it's the best job and it is Mm. using those therapeutic skills and and instilling Mm. that sense of hope and recovery it's all it's what you train for isn't it and then you get to the other end and you're like so excited that you've registered and you're there and you're like you just really you're right you just want to immerse yourself in it and just really enjoy mm. using those skills you spent all those years learning yeah so mm. we have a, a bit of a shortage would it be fair to say yeah afraid so <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who's, who's not aware yeah if you've missed the media headlines <laughs> so but there's there's a, there's a plan isn't there so can you tell us a little bit more about what, we, what we're all work, trying to work towards to do so, yeah, so again, it comes no surprise that Boris said in his manifesto pledge, et cetera, that it was going to have 50,000 more nurses and 
that was sort of a, about the end of this governmental term. And so there's lots, and you can imagine there's lots of work going on to increase the nursing numbers. And I have to say, again, I feel like I still record talking about COVID, but it's, it's like the elephant in the room, you can't not mention it, can you? Um, a part of COVID we know has shown where the gaps are, that there's real fragility in the workforce, really. You know, people have kept going and kept going, but you can only do so much. And the more that you have to absorb what somebody else will be doing if they're in post, then I think the quicker you get tired. So we have um, started work on a plan. And, and I wish I could say it's got a really sexy title that has this lovely acronym, but it doesn't, I'm afraid. So it's an all England plan for mental health nursing. Mm-hmm. And, and trust me, I'm, I'm, I'd love to have said, I've come up with a really snappy title and it really rolls off the tongue, but at least this does what it says on the tin for yeah. what's a better yeah. words. It kind of, yeah, you know what fine. you're getting. I and it's mind fine. <laughs> and, and, and I think the other beauty for me is that we're not doing it. So health education hasn't just sat down and gone, we'll just write a plan. We're, we're doing it with NHS Health um, and NHS Improvement, NHS, NHS E and NHS I, I was getting them too wrong. Um, colleagues at the Royal College of Nursing, Unite are part of it. We've got um, Skills for Health, Q&I. So all the kind of big kind of partners that you would want around the table discussing mm. nursing input into this plan. And yeah. of course, we've got patients, families and carers and students. But for me, I think what's exciting is that it keeps evolving. So we're not writing it, publishing it, and then it stays mm. as a product. We, we keep changing. It's obviously a big part is about attract. How do you get more people into the workforce? And the, the things that we do anyway, so we have apprenticeship mm. schemes and people come to university and all that kind of thing. And you think yeah. no matter what anybody did, that would all happen and that would all take place. But the, the big part of that, like you say, is that attraction of how do you make mental health nursing really attractive? You know, because you, you turn on the telly and you'll see nurses in uniform and they're putting a drip up and they look amazing. Mm. If you turned on the telly and watched a mental health nurse doing their job, you'd probably struggle to understand what we were actually doing. It would just probably look like a conversation. Mm. And it's like, how do you sell to somebody who's 16 or 18 or whatever age that actually this is really amazing and this is really fascinating? Because you Mm. haven't got that really great visual to show this is my job and this is what I do. And obviously we're we're talking with... um, patients about things like you know stories from patients are always the most powerful and they will tell a better story Mm. than us Mm. nurses ever can do so we're looking at things like that we're doing work around like I say apprenticeships which which seems certainly to me a a really good offer at the minute because you know Mm. you can go direct entry and that's great but obviously you then you're paying for your own tuition and students to be fair are really struggling at the moment whereas apprenticeship you are actually employed for the period of your training you've got a job Mm. and then you've got an employer at the end of it and I know some areas are doing some really interesting stuff so you'll get to the end of your apprenticeship and you know like we're saying if then you've got to choose and yeah. you have that kind of heart lurching moment of well which bit do I really enjoy and which bit do I want to work in mm. some areas have sort of said well we'll employ you but what we'll do is we'll do your rotation so you get mm. a taste for different areas mm. and they get a feel for you as a nurse it's almost like kind of mad, it's like speed dating if you like in a mm. way that, but then you get a better fit because if you mm. feel comfortable in that place and that team feels you're right for them, then it's much better all around rather than that doing that traditional of you're now registered, now pick an environment mm. you're going to spend mm. a long period of time working in. So trying to pick up those really great examples and, and work mm. with providers around how can we cascade that? Because, you know, mm. um, a big part of what we're doing is, I mean, attraction is one thing, but we've got to keep the workforce we've got because otherwise we bring lots of lovely new people in. Mm. And like we were saying earlier, if we don't keep 
the skills and experience and knowledge that we've had for years and that workforce that that's really been doing this for a while, then we lose all the mentors, we lose all the people to look up to. Yeah. We lose big chunks of the existing workforce and we just can't afford to yeah. do that. So we're doing lots of work around how do we um, implement work to, to keep people in the workforce, to look at how do we care for people's mental health? How do we care ensure that we're getting the training that we want and that we need to progress? Mm. And again, you know, seeing a lot of people um, qualifying and going, I'm going on to do my next degree. And, you know, that's mm. brilliant. If, if academia is your thing and you're focused, that's great. But there's a lot of us who aren't academic mm-hmm. and who would rather do a kind of skills-based training or something that's more practical. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, you know, therapies, that kind of thing, to, to really mm. hone your skills and trying to look at how can we develop and deliver training that really meets the needs of the workforce. Mm. So, again, it's, it's trying to look at things differently, trying to think of what does the workforce need rather than what do we want to give to the workforce if that makes sense so trying to do all those kind of things that's not just thinking getting new people and it's like how do we keep the people we've got Mm. and make sure they've got a fulfilling career Mm. you know because I think that's one of the 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 other big things is you know we we sort of we always say mental health nursing is a fantastic rich and diverse role but then people Mm. often say yeah but how do I get to that place or how do I get to be a nurse consultant because there used to be Mm. loads of nurse consultants and then the numbers went down and there does feel to be um certainly in the northeast a really big resurgence which is brilliant yeah but how do you then you know replicate that in other areas and encourage other mm. people to go down that path or do mm. advanced clinical practice and so trying to highlight those really fun clinical roles so that people mm. don't feel to progress i've got to go down management yeah even though it's not really me that's yeah. the only way i'm gonna have a career so we've got attraction, so trying to yeah. get people to understand what we do, because there's tons of people who just don't. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> at all. And then actually make it an offer that people can actually live whilst doing. Absolutely. Some actions that have been taken over the last five years have made it a little bit harder for students, should we politely say? Not true. Not to go down that road, but I don't get across. <laughs> so, and then retaining, so looking after the people we've got a bit better. Yeah. Um, and what are the, are the other strands too? So it's about developing. So again, you know, you, you can keep people, and you can keep people by virtue of the security of a role, but that doesn't mean they're happy, if you know what I mean, in, in that role. So it's about how do we also develop the workforce and mm. ensure that, you know, you've got the skills and the training and, and a lot of the time the actual time to do the job you know you want to do. And, and it's, I mean, some of these things, like I say, are outside of my control, but we work with colleagues like the Director of Nurses Forum mm. who are able to kind of help that operational change to happen so that mm. nurses have the time to do the job. I mean, I think a case is that, got nursing associates now who I know they've had a bit of a rough ride to be fair as they've come in there's been some people that haven't been as positive about what a great role it is but you think actually yeah. but that's not about, new is it think it's about never, this, it's this, never this, there's always one there's always one I know who says this is the worst time to qualify and you're like why are you nursing you hate people go, <laughs> go somewhere else exactly because when you put and that you, saying haven't your nurses eat their young and that's just I know. appalling I always remember thing. hearing that. I'm thinking, that can't be true. We can't be that awful. And yet we are or to each other. And you think, mm. and you've got these nursing associates coming out with these amazing skills. And you think, so these guys are coming out and they can do a lot of the things that you don't feel you want to do or that you're skilled to do, which they would free you up as a mental health nurse to do the stuff you really want to do. Mm. What's not to like about that? Mm. You know, and, and it's kind of thinking in those ways as well and thinking, you mm. know, if the, if the nursing associate does the things that they're, really good at which means mm. you don't so mm. you can then do your training in therapeutic interventions that you've always wanted to do and then mm. share that skill set with your patients then mm. everybody starts to when it's trying to think about mm. things in terms of development in that way and how we can all 
work better together because at the end of the day it felt the patients benefited mm-hmm. and the last round i think is celebrating yeah which and again so, it, so we fact, started off with the year of the nurse and midwife that did not get plan no so now we're having Terrifyingly, we're going to try it again next year. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what's term. coming next year? Everyone buy a crash helmet. Yeah, <laughs> be go again. Yeah. And, and I thought, I think a lot of people, um, and you rightly said as well, saw kind of like a real adult dominance there, which is, you know, fantastic. So exciting mm. to support and celebrate our adult colleagues. But yeah. there was not a sniff of mental health or LD in there. No, and it was yeah. such and, a shame. And precious little of child as well. Is there plans True. to do something next time? Um, with the year of the nursing midwife, I honestly don't know, to be honest with you, because I just heard that it's, it's mm. coming into next year. But I think for us, it was a big thing, like say, about we what when you're nurses, we always have that thing, don't we? Well, I'm only a nurse, so I won't shout about it because I'm just doing what I do. Mm. And you think we are terrible at saying, aren't we amazing? Look what I just did. Mm. Or even better, patients saying, weren't you great? Thank you. And, and so trying to get much better at, at working with patients and families and carers so that they can say, what's the great about mental health nurses? Mm. So it's not us saying it, but also encouraging really great mental health nurses to say, mm. you do amazing things. How can we help the world see how great you are and what you do? And then that, again, feeds back into this could be a career for you. This is what a mental health nurse actually does. And this is mm. why it's a really fantastic role. Because, mm. Like I say, we're just dreadful at shouting about how good we are. And I've lost count of the amount of people who go, well, I haven't got time to celebrate or shout about it because I'm just getting on with it. It's like, well, then let mm. us do that. Let us take mm. the time to celebrate mm. what you do. Mm. It's an interesting one, isn't it? That kind of mm. like... The way that nurses task focus and it's amazing it's a huge skill but at the same yeah. time then if you don't tell anybody these days it's a problem yeah but i think with there's something about part of our work has to be around that doesn't it about outfacing and doing things so when does this um report come out so people can see it and is there any way people can participate in it at all still yeah so we're hoping she says famous last words isn't it really so we're hoping we're, we want to get it out within this financial year but i think the problem that we have at the minute is you want to be able to launch something and get lots of good publicity and when we had um or we have a sorry a learning disability nursing plan we launched that just before covid hit it's like how not to get any publicity it was awful so we're being really cautious with this plan because we want to make sure we launch it and get lots of publicity so it's, it's like being more careful than ever about planning your day and, and getting it right so because we really want to get it out there because once it's published, it will remain static. It, it will mm. keep evolving and changing. I think that's the fun thing about it is that mm. it will keep evolving and changing because life evolves and changes and the workforce needs will evolve and change and it needs to do, needs to change to reflect that. Mm. Um, I think if, if people want to get involved, then I'm, I'm always I'm always happy for hearing about what other people think should be in there because, again, mm. we've got, for once, a few years to, to make changes and to keep enhancing the workforce. So I'm um, really about. I'll have to find an email address to give you something because I really well, want we're to tweeting hear. you out, by the way. So really, <laughs> you must find that, that ship, ship has sailed. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Because, like I said, that, that, that's why we're doing it with other people. There's absolutely no point in us as an organisation or with NHSE just mm. writing a plan if we don't hear from the workforce. Mm. Then how do we know it's going to meet their needs? So I'm always quite happy mm. to hear. Definitely. You've got two strands to your job, and the other part is LD. We'll yeah. Come to that. But I just wanted to finish. Is there anything you wanted to pick up from 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 the mental health nursing side before we have a talk about LD? 
Yeah, we've not got any questions coming through yet. Um, but one of the things that I was wondering about is um is um does it address support for nurses? Because obviously a disproportionate number of mental health nurses and nurses yeah. generally taking their own lives. And I still feel that there's a sense of feminos that we're expected to, you know, be strong and sort of distance ourselves from our own mental health. So what you know what plans are in place to um to address to address yeah. that no no i think you're right i think as well we we ourselves have that attitude don't we if well i'm a nurse so therefore i should be i yeah, should exactly. i should always cope and i'll just keep on coping and i think it's really hard to think how do you do that sensitively to and it, so for me the, the one thing we've started on doing is looking more at um clinical supervision and supervision because again i remember again back when i trained you come out with clinical supervision skills with the expectation that you would have that. It wasn't an added extra or a bonus. It was a, I'll get that regularly to help me manage the distressing things I see, managing my own mental health, to care for myself and to care for others. And it just feels like that's gone. So yeah. we're also doing some work that that's, that's an absolute fundamental thing that you get to help care for yourself. Mm. But, but not just that whole really quite formal and quite rigid supervision look at it at the different levels so that the fact you could you can have you know formal supervision and it works really well but also how do we get back to that having that informal discussion with somebody and just having a bit of safe space to be a bit vulnerable because I think as nurses often we, we we don't do that because we bottle it all up and then we take it home and then we don't want to talk to our family because we don't upset them and then we go back the next day and we keep on going so I haven't got a really brilliant answer because we're still trying to work through how you do with that, you know, because it is so sensitive. Mm. Um, I don't think there is a one size fits all no, answer, is there? Because no. it's quite multifaceted, really. There's so many angles to it and so yeah. many kind of things that influence. I mean, I was talking to a colleague the other day and we were talking about, you know, how many nurses that we've worked with who've died fairly yeah. early. And, you know, it's a pressing subject to talk about, but, yeah. you know, they've all either been through suicide, alcohol, alcohol and drugs. Yeah. or physical health problems because they're not looking after themselves. So, you know, it is a real issue, it's isn't it? Crucial, it's crucial, isn't it? And something that yeah. And, and I think you're right. I think, again, with the whole addictions piece, I think it's that thing of we just, we'll just pretend we're okay and do that all. I'm fine and I'm coping mm. and I'll, I'll keep going. And it's amazing how long you can cope with that level of issue, isn't it, before your body just says, I'm not, I, just, I, I can't tolerate what you're doing to me anymore. And it's a real... It feels like a real gap for us at the minute that there's nowhere you can go that you'd feel you were being protected as a nurse. Does that make sense? Rather than, so yeah. if you went to your occupational health, okay. you'd worry that they'd be about the organisation and not necessarily about you as a nurse. And it's like, mm -hmm. where can I go and talk honestly and openly about how I'm feeling mm -hmm. to somebody who I know can let me be vulnerable but put me back together again before I walk out the door? Because mm -hmm. then there's a, there's a huge skill in that and it's how do we get that embedded and support each other and look after each other and, and I think there's some learning we can do from um or is it our blue light charity yeah who I think started off exactly this issue amongst blue light services of really high suicide rates nobody else was doing anything and took the view of if we don't help ourselves who else is going to help us and, and have kind of gone from that to being and again as far as I know they're just self-sustaining and it's volunteers and they do amazing things but you just think we've got to learn from them as well and, and how can we all work together but you're right nurses are rare so we said are horrendous mm. and then they're not going down 
anytime soon. And it almost feels like a not very well hidden secret, but nobody's really talking about it. Exactly. And do you think there's something about the mass masculinity of mental health nursing, oh, given yeah. its history, you know, from the Victorian era, it was traditionally a male dominated profession, wasn't it? True. So it stands to reason that we, you know, we don't talk. And, you know, you were talking earlier about leadership, which is really interesting. But yeah. for me, there's a sense that, um, you know, we we apply male models of leadership over and over again. True. Because, you know, for me, I'm not interested in the slightest in positional authority. You know, I've had jobs where I've had positional authority and I'm much more motivated by being on the outside and being able to make a difference and having flexible working conditions and all that. So yeah, I take the risk yeah. and you know, I'm self-employed, but that means I walk away from my NHS pension. I walk away from job security. I don't have holiday pay. And the fact that I've done that says how strongly I felt that the NHS didn't offer me what I needed. So I think for me, you know, we need to stop focusing on, you know, how we get people to the top and, you know, focus more on, you know, how we retain people and what we offer people. Because I think that, you know, post-millennial, um, you know, the generation that's post-millennial, they're not as interested in money and grade. True. They're interested in being able to take time off for travel. They're interested in flexibility. Yeah. And, you know, we need to look to the, the younger generation more um, around what, you know, what people want, uh, you know, as mental health nurses. It's not. And, and things like, for me, you know, and I, and I worked in the Leadership Academy, so... You know, we did a lot of work around coaching and mentoring, but yeah. one of the things that strikes me in the NHS is that coaching and mentoring is focused on senior leaders in the NHS. It isn't as focused on frontline staff. So, you know, how do we get more nurses who are working, you know, clinically out there at the moment to actually be able to access coaching and mentoring or to yeah. be trained as coaches and mentoring? So I think, you know, I think that, you know, the sort of coaching approach would really help as well. And put people in touch with their values and what's important to them and, you know, what direction they want to go in on that basis. I've got a couple of people joining in online. So Nikki and Barney, hello. Um, I think you're right about clinical uh, supervision and more so even with the pandemic. And obviously Dave, can't stay quiet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. We love it when you're joining. Um, Just staying on the point of um, support for NHS staff, we're doing a lot of work on that with Unite um, and NHS NHS England uh, members can read an update on that and that's just been tweeted out. But I think perhaps we need to move over and have a think about however sort of challenging uh, workforce issues are for mental health and they are, for uh, learning disability colleagues, they're even more challenging. So we've had an an email from from Tay on Facebook, it looks like. Um, How can learning disability and mental health nurses um, work better together and I think he's saying it's sometimes quite difficult to engage with learning disability nurses in terms of joint access to sort of support support yeah. people who might need both services at once I wondered if yeah. you've got any thoughts on that oh wow I, th- I think it's really fascinating isn't it? because I think if you if you talk to general nursing colleagues they tend to lump us all into one profession don't they, they kind of go oh learning disability nurses and mental health nurses you're kind of one and the same aren't you yeah and yet if you come and talk to us we're like, no, we're massive. We're really, really different. In fact, we don't even really talk, which always seems bizarre because you think, actually, there's this huge amount of mental health and mental illness in people with a learning disability and people with autism. And there'll be loads of people in the mental health system who will have undiagnosed autism and learning disability. And you just think, actually, if we all just had better conversations, we potentially would be 
caring for the same people or should be caring for the same people. And I, and I don't think, I think if you sit down, if we sit down on professions, I think we'd all be saying that. I think a lot of the time it's the way services tend to be set up. That if you've got this diagnosis, then you go through this door. And if you've got this diagnosis, you go through this door. And, and I think it makes it really challenging then to have those joined up relationships and work together. And, and, I, and I say lots of things about integrated care and health and social care integration and all that kind of really positive work. But I just think, to be honest, sometimes it's about you just start with each other. And some of the best work I've seen is when teams have literally picked up the phone and rung each other and gone, can we have a discussion? I don't know what I'm doing with this person. I'm really struggling. Could you come with me into the assessment and can we work together? So I think a lot of the time it's often the staff themselves just going, I'm not going to wait for an assessment mm-hmm. room or something to change. I'm just going to get on with it myself. But then saying that, I definitely think there's something in my role. If, if I can't help make a change because I cover both areas, then I need to do something different because I, I, I constantly keep thinking about how can I find some way of using these two plans to make sure we can work better together as two professions working with really vulnerable people who invariably have really complex needs. And actually, I do think as professions, we have a lot to learn from each other. And, and as, long as, I come, as long as it takes me back to and the patient will benefit I think it's a good thing to do if that makes sense it feels like the right thing to do and the right way to go and also I think going back to developing the workforce we all know if the, if you're feeling that you're better meeting your patients or person's needs then you feel you've done a better job does that make sense and you, you feel more fulfilled and you feel you're doing the, the, the role and the job that you're there for as a nurse so I do think it feeds all back into that development as well again and about how can we look at either influencing or infiltrating each other's training and that kind of thing you know having training mm. packages for mental health nurses that have learning disability nurses on there and vice versa so we can start to get to know each other a bit more and get to appreciate each other's skills a bit more I think a lot of that mm. is about respect as well for knowing the things that I'm good at and, and for a learning disability colleague the things that they're good at and, and mm. understanding that on that quite basic level I think helps us make a big difference as well mm. I've got something come through on, on WhatsApp saying um what um it's a bit of a, it's a bit I'm not not no offense to the person who writes a little bit confusing. <laughs> um, what is are we seeing the end of men, of, of learning disability nursing? Um I think we're dying out, talking mm. about actually less and less. So I guess that takes us back to the workforce plan. Is there anything does, in there? Does. And also um the work that we do is really important. I think all of us would agree with that. When Absolutely. you don't have a learning disability nurse there, people with learning disabilities suffer and sometimes Absolutely. die as a result of yeah. it. And I yeah. think there's a lot we need to take from that experience into mental health and be really clear about standing our ground. Definitely. Is there anything you wanted to say mm. on those points? Um, so when I talk to colleagues who've been learning disability nurses for a really long time, a lot of them would say, and then this is a while ago, and, and unfortunately never stopped, was that they were often told, why are you going into learning disability nursing? Because it won't exist soon. And, and you think, what a horrible thing to say to somebody who's really passionate. And yet mm. it seems to be a myth that's carried on for years that this profession mm. is disappearing. And there's yeah. absolutely no desire and no interest in that. Everybody gets that we have to have learning disability nurses. And I think the most powerful thing I hear regularly is from patients, families and carers, again, who themselves will be saying, we either have a learning disability nurse and they're brilliant, 
or we haven't got one and we absolutely want one because we know how helpful they are. And you're right, if you look at the leader, the mortality review, that really clearly shows that when you've got a really great liaison learn disability nurse, they save lives. I mean, it's, it's not just reasonable adjustments, they absolutely save lives and make such a massive difference. And, and that's why, to be fair, that's why we started the learning disability plan first, mm. was because we're so worried about the numbers and we just thought we've got to get on with this now to reverse that trend and get that back um, mm. the other way. And then that's why certainly with things like the apprenticeship offer, it's even more enhanced for learning disability nurses because we just really want to push those numbers mm. up and get more people into the profession. So you know, no way, we're not going to let it die out. Mm. They're, they're essential. They're absolutely mm. essential. We need to reverse the trend of losing the disability nurses and go back the other way. And, mm. you know, it, it, it's it's really difficult again because I think there's that big image thing of when you talk about learning disability nursing, once people have heard about it, they get really passionate and excited. Mm. But a lot of the students would be the first to say, I've never heard about it. I was going to be a general nurse or a children's nurse. Mm. It wasn't until I was in clearing that somebody said, have you thought of a learning disability nursing? Mm. And then I never looked back. Mm. So there's a lot of work that we're, we're doing now around how do we do that awareness raising of mm. this, you know, there are actually four fields of nursing. There's not just one. And this is a really amazing one. So it's mm. that really quite what feels quite basic, but really, really important awareness mm. raising of this is a really amazing role as well. Yeah. Something isn't there about representation. And it's so weird, isn't it? Because you, know, you have to call the midwife and you have like yeah, so no. many adult nursing kind yeah. of role models and people can name pretend adult nurses the only mental health one is obviously nurse ratchet who's back much to my eternal despair even though i'm sure it's a very good show (laughs) but it really it really makes me sad that people don't know about it and then you think actually even worse there's nobody i don't think for ld at all i don't know that there's anybody single representation that i can think of correct us if if we're wrong and we we do have um, a session coming up on mental health and movies so if you feel particularly passionate about that at some point get ready get ready to tweet on that one but there is something about the fact that how is it that we've been around for so long and people don't know what we do what's going wrong I, I don't I, I don't know what it I don't know what it is it's like that visibility thing and all I can think is for, for general nursing it's really easy to see when they're actually doing something and when they're making somebody better if you want a better words it's not probably the best word but but you yeah. can kind of almost see that journey from somebody comes in and they look dreadfully ill and unwell mm. to them looking much healthier and, and verbalizing and, and mm. all that and and the nurse could pretty much prove to you step by step what they did to help get that person to that mm. point mm. whereas with mm. our fields it, it's not necessarily that easy well, we do have therapists don't we we have shows about therapists yeah. and we and Hannibal Lecter aside, psychiatrists even get a look in. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's not a great representation. Not really, no. <laughs> there is, there is, he's not on the video, the recruitment video. But there is something about the fact that, um, you know, it's not necessarily just because some things are televisual and some things aren't. True. It's, it's something, I think, we're sort of falling into a gap somehow between the two two sides yeah, it, it's just something you're right it's like how do we capture that kind of imagination and excitement and, and draw people mm. into our professions and, and you would have thought for mental health nursing if ever there was a time mm. when people would get what we do it would be now with such a strong focus on mental health and mental well-being mm. and and it still doesn't seem we've kind of captured people's imagination in that way at the moment mm. um and i know learning disability callers get worried from a different angle because if you Google learning disability nursing, then you would just see lots of horrible crises in inpatient care 
where mm. the hospital's been shut down or the facility's been deemed as dreadful. So mm. they've got the opposite problem of if mm. you look into that profession, all you see is, oh, gosh, that's awful, which is, yeah. again, isn't, isn't true. It isn't accurate. And it is for that situation, but across the board isn't. Mm. So how do you reverse that so that people realise actually they are isolated incidents. They don't represent mm. or showcase the profession as a whole. Mm. So it, it is that imagery and perception and public consciousness, isn't it, of mm. who nurses are and how we're all very, very different and how we mm. do brilliant things, but very different things mm. with our patients and, and their families. And it's this is when you need some amazing PR person, isn't it, who could probably come along and go, this is how you do it, this is how you turn mm. it around. Mm. Well, it's been interesting, is it? We've just, I think, I saw, I can't remember who did the video now, I'm so embarrassed. If it was you, please say. <laughs> but I saw the first um, video I've seen for a long time that actually seemed to represent mental health nursing. Because normally when people talk about it, it really misses the mark for me. Yeah. But it was the one that was recently on Twitter. We'll tweet it again because it's a, it's a much oh, better representation. The, the one with the Speakers mm. Collective? I think so. Yeah, if it's all that could just come out. Yeah, yeah, it was ourselves with NHS England. I'm, I'm happy to say you liked it. That's always a bonus. <laughs> I did like it. <laughs> well, you'd you'd have known if I hadn't. I'd have been straight to the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? More rubbish? What are you doing? <laughs> that is the point of Twitter, isn't it? Something yeah, else. yeah. <laughs> so I've, weirdly, we've covered such a lot. We've talked about journeys. We've talked about nurse leadership roles, mm. workforce, celebrating nurses. Uh, something about kind of like workforce planning, which is never the sexist topic, but it's really important that nurses understand that it's important. And if you have something to say, for goodness sake, find a way to tell someone about your idea. It's really important that you do that. Um, We've also been um, talking as well about nursing apprenticeships and learning disabilities. And thank you very much for people who've joined in. So I guess we're going to come around and see if anyone's got any sort of like some closing thoughts really because we've, we've gone for 45 minutes it, to me it felt like about five minutes <laughs> i'll have to stop our tea break and go back to work <laughs> so vanessa is there anything that you wanted to to talk about particularly or to mention that we haven't mentioned yet yeah no i think like you've just said we've covered a lot in a short mm. um, space of time and i think like ellis highlighted a few times tonight that this needs to be an ongoing conversation anyway mm. Um, and you know it's great that you know you're open to um, you know conversation and and, mm. and input from people. Yeah. And you know, if you're watching, you know encourage you to get in touch really and yeah. get involved. And um, you know it's only you know the documents are only going to be a document unless people contribute to it exactly. and bring it to life, isn't it? Yeah. At the end yeah. Of it. So yeah, but no, I think it's been really interesting and quite positive to hear you know some of the really proactive work and. The fact that you know all the right people are joining up and um, and supporting this and yeah so quite positive um okay. and um yeah and quiet on social media tonight but um you know we will keep an eye on the hashtag so mm. if you um you know if you watch this later and you want to forward us any thoughts or comments then you know we can pass them on to Ellie afterwards as well absolutely yeah yeah and from you, Ellie, anything that you wanted to sort of just highlight before we finish up? Um, I, I suppose just to say, I mean, you know, I, 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 again, I remember being a student nurse and people, my mentors, people I looked up to going, oh, I remember when, and, you know, I remember mm. when I was your age, and I remember thinking, I'll never be like that. I'll, I'll never be one of those people. Here I am doing exactly the, mm. the same thing. But I suppose it's, it's just to say, it, and you hear this all the time from people my kind of age and everybody groans, but you think it does glow, go in the blink of an eye. Your career you think it's really slow and you think you're just getting on with life and you think you've got all the time in the world 
And then before you know it, you, you're at the other end. You've, you've been through so many years of nursing and you think, gosh, how did I become the experienced person or the experienced member of staff? Last time I looked, I'd just qualified and I was just coming out. So I just, I just think it just goes back to enjoy it, you know, really do mm-hmm. enjoy it. I mean, I've, you know, we all have times when you're struggling. We all have times when it's really heavy going, let's be honest. But mm-hmm. cling on to the good times because there always mm-hmm. are good times and there's always mm-hmm. times when it's, positive and fun and you realize why you chose this as a career but it, it goes so fast mm-hmm. and, and and do take and I think that's one of the big things I did all the time was take opportunities don't tend, don't think too much about it don't worry too much about it get better at just mm-hmm. saying yes to something that sounds exciting because mm-hmm. you'll invariably be brilliant at it and enjoy it and it'll be good fun mm-hmm. and, and if you don't it, it doesn't come around again so you know yeah. take advantage while you can yeah, I think you're actually right. I can remember the first time someone like called out nurse, and I, I looked around and realised then I realised they were talking to me. I was like, oh god, I guess I should do something. And that exactly. Was Twenty odd years ago, and it's yeah. feel like any time. So exactly. you're absolutely right. But again, that that thing about if people have got something to say, for goodness sake, say it. You're not powerless. Don't let people no. make you think you are. So yeah, they say stuff. But yeah, I think that's brilliant. Go on, you can say something. Anyway. No, I was going to say, all I was going to say was, and again, I think the beauty of things like Twitter and all the social media is that people, I mean, people way above my head as well, are so much more accessible than ever before. So you've really got a direct line into saying things and raise issues and yeah. say what's good and say what's less good. So, you know, you know, don't feel shy about it. Do, again, say it, because if you don't, that moment will go and you won't get it back again. So so say it. And, and, and half the time, somebody else is thinking it. If not, a lot of people are thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think on that note, we'll finish up. Dave, we're ready to go. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Thanks.